I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. Big episode today. We're going to get into a little ball injury. We're going to talk about that. That's something I think that's on everybody's mind as the rookie of the year front runner and someone that's probably, you know, is the most desired rookie really at this point among collectors in terms of opening product, really who you're looking for and what that means. Got to talk a little bit about Card Talk Live that is coming this week. This will drop Wednesday. So if you're listening to it on opening day, it's later today, 137 p.m. PM Pacific time, 437 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you guys check that out. We'll be on 137 p.m.'s Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. So stop by one of those three places and check it out. We'll get into play of the week and latest launch. So full episode. But there's also a big episode because... It's Monday. We're recording Monday night. We've been recording Tuesdays, but it's currently Monday night. And there's March Madness on. I mean, definitely wild with March Madness on a Monday, right? It's normally Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But why are they doing it on Monday? Just to like keep it moving. I've been wondering, like, what is the answer to that? And then I've like a couple of times wanted to like tweet the question, but then I feel like I'm going to get dragged for tweeting. Right. Can I, since we're in the safe space, can I ask a quick college basketball (laughs) question? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I consider myself someone who doesn't like pay a super close attention to college basketball, but like have a general understanding of what's going on, the narratives, et cetera. Yep. Luke Garza. Yeah. Luca Garza. Like, sorry, Luca Garza. I think all the respect in the world. I had no idea who that guy was until like three months ago, two months ago, whenever the season started, and like he was like a senior and blah blah blah. Has he been like really popping for like his entire college career? Uh, the the answer I believe is yes. Okay, because like I read a thing today that it was like Iowa legend Luca Garza, and I'm like, how do I have no idea who this so person was? He plays at Iowa, not at Duke. So think Tyler, yeah. think Tyler Hansborough, think Grayson Allen. Right, but like, was Luca Garza like I get? Oh, I guess because like they're not playing in as like you don't see them as much. You're, okay. They're not at a blue blood, right? Got but it. But he's a Big Ten guy. I'm pretty sure he mattered for all four years. I also potentially believe that there's something like, is his dad a, a coach or something or some? Yeah, there's going? something going on, but it was weird. Cause I was like, I had no idea who this person was. And then this season it was like Iowa legend. And I'm like, no disrespect, but like, I don't, I had no idea who that was. Anyway, let's keep going. Okay. I, yeah. He's a good, he's a, he's a, he's one of those four year guys. I think. Got it. Great. Iowa loves, you know, their four-year guys. That's Big Ten country. No one loves Big Ten country more than this podcast. It's, you're not wrong. My sister, might, actually going are a big my sister might be going to Purdue on the low. Probably shouldn't put that on the podcast, but here we are. <laughs> but, ser- but seriously, Big Ten, man, just not not doing well. Oh, it's. I mean, you hate to see. I mean, Ohio State getting smoked by Oral smoked. Roberts. Watch the game in the shop. I'm like, this is embarrassing. This is terrible. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, it seems like everybody's. I let it breathe a little bit before the text came out. 
I did let it breathe. I mean, no, Lou sent him pictures of this kid crying, saying they got Ryan in tears in <laughs> the game. <laughs> that was rich. But I, mean, I will say the most classic and seen from a mile away thing that's happened in the entire tournament over the opening weekend was Rutgers blowing that lead. Oh, I was <laughs> so crushed. I was. You dead. saw it coming from a mile, from a mile and a half away. away. From a mile away. <laughs> Nothing made more sense than them sniffing, tasting the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Uh, Car Talk Live this Wednesday. It's going to be huge. Definitely check it out. 1.37 p.m. Pacific time again. 4.37 p.m. Eastern time. Ty, you want to hint at anyone else before? I know you hinted at a couple people last week. Anything else you want to talk about before the we got giveaways? That's a first off the line box, by the way. That's a big, big box. That's one box. We got another giveaway. There's this guy, I feel like, I don't know. Remember when he mattered? Remember when he was in the mix? More of a John Moran guy. Yeah, and then we got this box. It's in bubble wrap, though. So let's see if we can get up for the people, For the people listening on audio, Tyler just showed us a Panini Prism football first off the line box from 2020. A 2019 Prism. That's a hobby Prism box, Ty? The basketball yep. box? Yeah. Yep. And now, what are, we, what are you unveiling here? I'm trying not to mess it up, but yeah, this is a 2019-2020 want... uh, flawless box. Football, right? Basketball. Basketball. Oh, basketball. Basketball, the sport, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so Indiana wanna, sport. We were just on a little bit of a meeting before this, and Ryan's reaction to that flawless box was phenomenal. Now, it was a, it was a little low-key, but I loved it. Keep in mind, we're giving that away. Yeah, for free to someone. For free, that's ten, Ryan wants ten, to enter the $10, so bad. I want to see that giveaway. I want to open it. I want to. I want to open it. I want to open the box and give away all the cards. That's what the I card want. Card talk Not is an insignificant giveaway. Card talk live is a situation, and that is uh, just some of what we're giving away. That eBay, our our great partner eBay, has hooked it up with some of that. We've also got some pack wars with some serious product being broken. Yeah. Then we've got guests. We've got Ryan's favorite guests in the world. I'm so excited. There's a couple late editions. I mean, we just did kind of like we didn't do the final final run through. We just did the final run through. And there's right. going the to be final, a, the yeah, the final, final final. Yeah, exactly. Right. The final finals coming up and I there's definitely like going to be a sneak. Yeah, you're right. It was like this was like the, the final four. For, yeah. Yeah, you're right. We're dancing, but we're not we haven't cut down the nets yet. We are going dancing. Yeah. There's some more action coming. There's some more action coming for sure. There's a lot happening. Might not sleep between now and Wednesday night, but it's probably all... have a couple more meetings coming. We're gonna probably have to you have some some meetings for twenty four hours beforehand. Yeah, we're gonna have to meet and discuss. Yeah. Circle back. But we talk about the flawless box, you know, ten k, right? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like that. That's a lot, and we kind of talked about this off air. So I, I do want to kind of hint out because Lou and I had a conversation about this that may be different from your opinion. I just want to open it up there and and maybe get some of the listeners takes as well here on social. Some auctions recently have not done super well, right? The market has softened softened in certain areas. And I think it's worth talking about because we've had a similar conversation before in the past, right? Last end of July, early August, right around when the national would have been, everything was running up for a 30 day period. Didn't matter what you bought, it all went up. 
and then the market cooled down, right? And you were like, hey, Lucas Prisms are we're at 2K. Now they're at 1100. And you're and I'm like, well, hey, the guy that bought it at 2K doesn't really care what they're what they used to be at years ago. He's concerned about what they are now. So Jordan auction is for one. Lou mentioned the LeBron Tops Chrome Refractor, a BGS 10. Lou, I think you said just did 200 k Did 200 k yeah. And uh, what did the last PSA 10 sell for? 285. So significantly less than we might expect on a BGS 10 if a PSA 10 just sold for that. Yeah, and quick context for anyone who might not know the difference. Typically, a BGS 10 commands a premium over a PSA 10. Obviously, I wouldn't hold us to this number, but for conversation's sake, right? If you if I'm saying the PSA 10 of a BGS, uh, I'm sorry, a PSA 10 of the 2003 Tops Chrome LeBron James Refractor is 285. The BGS 10 should be where three should be when I, yeah, when I say 70. Yeah, when I say should be, meaning like historically, this is what the multiplier looks like. Yeah, I would have said somewhere around yeah, 350k. Yeah, so 200k is interesting. So, I, I guess just we we transitioned here i think this is a a large topic to discuss and i want to kind of hit it from all angles um and there's been different tweets obviously um you know certain auction houses are running these different auctions and kind of have some bigger buyers there was all this kind of craziness we talked about in a lot of our dallas recaps there was really that like greats kind of run up yeah in january in january anything you touch Jordan was absolute gold. People were just buying and kind of the numbers were just like two X. LeBron, Kobe, Brady, even Mahomes kind of got in there, but a lot of the guys like tiger had that run up. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guy, the all time greats went, went up. Yeah. And I think it then kind of not became like a signaling moment, but, when outside coverage kind of comes in, it's like, oh man, this is craziness. And we're talking about January of 2021. We've been doing this podcast for, I think, coming up on 40 weeks, which is uh, nine months, which is extends much further back. And I would say we started this podcast during a time that might have been able to be talked about as like, it's been 18 months of ridiculous run up. And then the auctions over the weekend happen. And all of a sudden there's a lot of what's going on here. Bubbles bursting this, that, the other thing. And I think for all that Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, and the basketball market speaks of, um, it's easy to just use it as the, the pull. I've kind of had that energy and pushback on you guys about a little bit of like, does that mean, the market is soft. And I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think it's fair to admit right now that in overall basketball trading card market um, is soft, as we've said. And I think it, what the, the equation of supply and demand has shifted to the supply side currently. Correct. Do you guys agree with that? Sure. Ryan, as someone that's been around for a while and I have my own thoughts as someone who made their largest card purchase ever, single card purchase ever, Lou Alcindor PSA 7, I bought it for 15K. I hate talking about numbers, but I'll do this. Within, I think, eight to 10 weeks, it was half of what I purchased it for. That card is now doing, I believe, last on eBay, 25 bin. And so I bring that up because there's 
all these kind of scramble moments that are happening. Just want to get you guys is where your head is at on what 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 you see or what you're thinking about on the on the basketball side of things and overall just the market in reaction. Someone comes up to you and says, "Ah, told you so." It's all farce. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, so I look at this two different ways, right? I look at this as the goats market versus the basketball, right? I'm going to talk about the goats first, where. I said it before when people were, you know, uh, when I was asked about like the Jordan, the Jordan sale specifically, right? Like I have a hard time believing that $25 million man who lives in New York that bought the seven, you know, I'm just making a person up, right? Please. No, I don't know anything about the buyer, but mm-hmm. let's just say, you know, to spend $750,000 on a card, my gut tells me that person's not going to try to flip it in six weeks. For 985000 Like that just doesn't seem like the play that you make, right? It seems likely that you're holding it for a while because there's only like, what, 300 of them? I think mm-hmm. it's a pop 300, um, give or take. Or you're going to put it in a fund and create this massive fund or like some sort of like, I forget the wording here, but like something that Rally does, right? Where you sell yeah, fractional. Fra- fraction, fractional, fractional ownership. Yep. yep. Where, where you sell fractions of it and you know, people can buy a portion of a Jordan PSA 10. That seems likely. So when, when it goes to 435,000, it's, it doesn't seem like, uh, I just don't, I have a hard time believing that those guys are like fretting that like, oh man, this card's way, way down. Cause they didn't buy it to sell it in the next six weeks. Maybe they did. Again, I understand that's still a lot of money regardless, but to me, the, the goat market is, uh, you know, I bought a LeBron tops. I have a LeBron tops chrome refractor PSA nine, right? I've had it for over a year, made a play on it in a trade last year. It got up to like 72K, never sold it. Again, I don't want to talk about numbers much either, but never sold it. Then it went down to 50K in less than a month, still didn't sell it, right? Like I'm not buying that. I'm not holding onto that card to sell it now. I'm holding onto that card to sell it in 15 years from now when LeBron is no longer playing and those cards are locked up in most collections and they're readily available. Because like you said, that supply and demand piece is going to play out, right? Like people talk about like, oh, there's a lot of them available, but 2000 LeBron Topps Chrome 9s or 1000 or 800 or whatever it is, I don't know the number, but it's not very many, but that long-term is going to play out, right? I'm talking a decade from now. Like that will play out where, you know, there's, there's a lot of rich people in the world. Someone's going to want a LeBron Topps Chrome Refractor to pass down to their kid, right? And you're not going to be able to find them. They're just not readily available every single day. And I think those are the ones that I'm just, I, I just don't stress as much about because I just think those cards will always be desired, right? They're the cards in the card market. The basketball market's different. I haven't followed it enough to, to really know. Like, I don't know what a Luca's doing. I'm not. You know, LeBron's hurt. Mm-hmm. Out I moved to Luca on Saturday night. Um, I have a couple of them and just reps, and I'm always thinking about that. Uh, I listed it on eBay. Buy it now; it's sold in 20 minutes. For what? At th- I put it at 1350, and it was the lowest bin available. That seems like a good price, though, because we had ours at the Dallas show less than that, and they weren't moving. I, I saw it took me a good portion of the weekend to move them for 1100. Yep. I think as I'm thinking about us talking this and in general, different signals have kind of come in of like LeBron's at 400. It was at 700. It's not a million. The sky is falling. Sure. And I just go back to the patience, education, reps, 
How does it impact what you got going on? If there's maybe a wavering in demand, where's that demand going? What can you learn from it? How does it impact you? All of those things versus seeing signals and reacting based on outside forces. And because also what is happening in this world, and again, Ryan, you've been around a lot longer, but we go to Dallas, we interact with all these people, you know, these are like business decisions and and these are monetary decisions that, that people are making. I would just stress your own conviction, your own gut, your own education, and paying attention to more things than just one card, one price to denote what is happening. Yeah, the, like that's a that's a great point. The market has so much going on, right? Like, didn't the Brady Contenders Champ ticket just break the original record it set like a month earlier? Like, there was one on Golden, and then I think Leland's did one. Or I know his name's Jordan on Instagram. I know he runs like a auction page, and they they just sold one that I thought broke the Golden record. Um, it just it, yeah, it seems like there's you know it, whether it's the Jordan's going down. I just something's definitely gone up in the meantime, right? Not not every single thing is not movable. I I can tell you, I own a car. Like I said, I own, I own a shop. Fridays and Saturdays are still really really busy. There's a lot of people looking for a lot of different things, and the the market is still there's there's a lot of people in this looking for different stuff, right? I mean, you know you know one thing that hasn't gone down, optic football. Right? Like not not everything and, and and you know I think that's you know something that's not down right now Mike Soccer. Trout yeah Mike Trout I don't follow his market as much but yeah I just you know one thing falling to say the whole the whole market is is soft is uh you know probably a little a uh, little bit of an overstatement yep while also then realizing that the market can get soft like you know we, we don't there's also not like. All roses, all the time. Amazing. We talked about this in July, right? Like a, a business is not something goes up unlimited for an unlimited amount of time and never loses money. That's not how a business works, right? So in July, we talked about everything we bought for a four week period. The next day, it was worth more money. And if you sold it, you're like, dude, a week later, it's up 20%. That's not normal, right? Mass influx of people getting into the market. And then stuff hit the fan, and people were like, okay. Maybe I can get a Luca at a better price rather than just buying the first one I see. You slow down a bit, and that causes the market to settle down, right? Luca's Prism, PSA 10s got as high as like 1850, 1900. They were pushing 2K, went all the way down to 1100. And your point was, these are $400 a year ago, right? And that's the point I make on the Jordan is a year ago, literally, today's the 22nd on March 16th, we closed, we were forced to close by the governor and I was closed for one day shy of two months, right? Like I sold a massive Jason Tatum deal thinking the first thing that's going to go away when COVID happens is hobbies, right? I was concerned. I wasn't going to be able to pay bills. What was a Jordan PSA 10 at that time? I would love to know. Uh, Let's assume under a hundred thousand dollars, March 25th, 2020, 42K, a PSA 10. 42K. That card is still up 10X from where it was a year ago, right? And I think that's the bigger picture here is a lot of people have done really well in the last year of card market and the last year in the card market. Um, and, and I feel optimistic about the future of the card market, right? A lot more attention on it. So um, yeah, every again, not everything's going to go up 100% of the time, right? You're going to buy something. And I think that's a point you may tell her about repetition, right? It's not always a bad thing to get punched in the mouth when you spend $1,000 and it goes to $700 real quick. MC Sports Cards talked about it on the show. Are you going to sell for 700 
Are you going to hold out hoping that you get back your original thousand? Can you put that seven into something else and reinvest? And I think that's it. It teaches you a lot. Again, I'm not sure many of our listeners are buying four hundred fifty thousand dollars Jordans. Totally, but the principle is there. Yeah, Lou, your thoughts? I'm aligned with Ryan. I I, I also like. I would say I'm going to preface everything I'm saying here with. I spent the whole entire weekend looking at cards that I'm trying to buy and make plays on. I was texting you guys today about a Wander Franco auto card that I'm trying to make a play on. Like all of this is prefaced with, I couldn't be more excited to buy with the current situation because I feel like there's opportunities to make inroads that you want to make. With that said, I would say I agree that four months ago, the card, like we're using the Jordan, let's use the Jordan 10 because that's the, the highlight. We agree that the Jordan 10 was 350 grand on Christmas Day or whatever the number was mm-hmm. compared to 500K today aligned. LeBron refractor was 80K compared mm-hmm. to where it is today, right? At the same time, it would be facetious to say that things feel as hot as they did four weeks ago, current to this exact, like as opposed to this exact moment. The panic and the dramatics is panic and dramatics, and that's been happening in a six to eight months, eight, six to eight month cycle for the last three years. And that'll never stop. But I think it would be wrong to say things remain as hot as they have been in this exact moment in time. Will it remain this way? Probably not. I'm a long-term believer in this, in the thing, but at this moment, it definitely feels a little bit slower on the higher end items that have built up like the hype of what cards are. And this is going to happen. Let's just preface. This is going to continue to happen. Right. Like think think about what's coming. Right. Like you you can we've we talked about this before with Dallas. There's a couple of things that come to my mind. Dallas, May 24th ish. NFL drafts happen. 2021 stuff comes out. You're getting ready for training camp. The Nationals is two months away. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Field, Zach Wilson. Football will be hot looking for it. Right. I've also been told and I haven't confirmed the date, so I don't want to sound naive, but it sounds like there's a Magic Johnson documentary coming out at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson stuff is going to run up when that happens, right? You're going to have a documentary. It's going to be all about magic. It'll be awesome. His stuff will spike. And then a month after the documentary, we'll talk about, man, Magic Johnson stuff's really down. Yeah, this is going to happen again. You know, it's going to be funny when the Jordan Nike, when the Jordan Nike, the Jordan Fleer is a million and then it goes for 700 and then people are like, ah, it's the same thing. What's been on my mind as... Uh, this is all kind of the conversations have been coming about and I feel we had a responsibility to address this weekend's auctions, I guess you could say, and what that means for the market. I don't think it's one way or the other, because again, as a, as an, as a avid soccer person, go look at the Erling Holland and Mbappe markets and tell me things are soft. So what I was going to say is that we've now addressed it. And I believe that all of it can be true and to be a a well-rounded and to learn from the reps and be in the game and continue to see what's going on. It's important to note what that means while also understanding that over, there are also pockets that are still doing very well. And these things are good and healthy because again, we could have gone through more and more go, 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 go. And then imagine what the, the kind of correction or, drawback is because to the point of christmas day january 3rd 2021 a jordan 10 sold for 222630 right so it's just very important to be able to step back with keeping your gut intact because it's not lost on me if you spend 700 on a card 
and it goes to 250, what that can mean. But pain, pain severe pain. <laughs> or if you buy sure. uh, Michael Porter Jr. at 315 and then it does 200, again, what that can mean. But I think it's important to understand what are you looking to accomplish? What are your theses? What are your beliefs? Why do you believe in them? What are the things that you look for for analysis and research and continue to make the decisions based on what is in your best interest and how's it working? Because there's a lot of signaling that continues to happen. Our podcast can be one of them. And I think this moment just reminds me of what are you looking to accomplish and what are you doing when you are presented with new information, new data, and how are you making your own decisions? It's your principle of how you feel about the thing and then the lessons of all the little things that happen every day. Yep. yep. I think that doing your own research part is important, right? But you got to get you. And also the, the problem with doing your own research though, we should get off of this, but the problem with doing, not the problem. One of the issues with doing your own research sometimes is you don't have the context points of the larger situation. Cause like if you're just doing your own research, you're looking at a Jordan 10 that went for 700 and then went for 500. You're like, what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Context is important too. Yeah, context definitely important. It's also oh. National Water Day, and hydration is important. Shout out the boys! All the homies getting hydrated, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of while we're on it, we're talking about hot and cold markets. Lamelo Ball mm. out for the year. Envy or uh, rookie of the year front runner, beast, beast. Right, L- looks great. Probably surprised a lot, a lot of people, and. I think this is an important discussion because while maybe a lot of our listeners might not be buying a Jordan 10, a lot of our listeners probably, I mean, probably have some sort of LaMelo ball card, right? And Or are trying to get one at least. Yeah, or trying expensive. to get one. And, and, you know, we talked about this with Joe Burrow because I think this is important about these type of things happen on markets that are very, very, very hot. And it's things outside of your control just want to kind of get your guys' take on what this means for LaMelo's market, the basketball market, and what you think what you think about buy, sell, hold. I have a question for you. Has it – I mean, I'm not sure how much thought you put against this. Probably not that much now that I think about it. But what do you think it does for – like what do you think the cost of the Hornets in a prison break would have been in two weeks? A box or a case? A box. Use a box. So a box pre-sells online right now for about twenty five hundred. So if you're just buying the Hornets, you're probably looking at twenty five percent of box price. Mm-hmm. Will that will that affect the way that you price out breaks or no? Yeah, it's, it's just it's still a math game. Because I asked this on my on my on Instagram yesterday. I asked a poll. I said, "Does Lamelo Ball's injury?" hurt the price of prism basketball the biggest basketball release of the year is set for march 31st nine days from now mm-hmm. does that hurt the box price i can tell you right now the poll's still yeah. live what do we let's, got what's the see. data say tell us what the people are saying ryan this is great i'm glad we did this this is fun wait, wait wait before you say it before you look i haven't pulled it up what do you think it's gonna say it's gonna say I, it's gonna hurt it right yeah i but i disagree I agree, I agree t- with you. And I'll tell you why. Hold on. I think it provides more hype. More prospects. 50-50. Is it really? No way. 
Oh That's my amazing. god. And you kind of got juice. I see you. You're about to hit 60k okay. on IG. Realistically, yeah, he's getting yeah, a lot of votes. The whole yeah, thing. It's going to be our five votes for dips and there's 1325 for vote or for votes for stays north of 2k a box. So yeah. it's currently pre-selling on blowout for 2500. At least it was prior to the injury. I have not looked since. Um have not looked since. I believe in an open product. I think it's a big thing long-term, right? I, I, I've told Lou about this before, and I think I got Lou on the on that train a while ago. The break errors market is so big for cards, right? Like Lou said, you know, what's it going to cost for the Hornets in a break? Or what's it, what would it cost for a random team? That low risk, high reward to get into Prism or to get into a box, that is such a big part of the market now. And someone's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'll, I'll join a break, right? That the, the community aspect of it was the very first thing we ever talked on car talk about was the community aspect behind breaking. Right. And I think it's really, really big. So while, you know, some people may not break it because Lamelo's not, you know, going to be playing this year, his stuff will likely dip. Yes. But if you believe in Lamelo, you're, you're buying Lamelo regardless if he's out this year or not. And so uh, do I anticipate the boxes will dip from 25? Maybe a little, but you know, it, if they go to $1,500 a box, breakers will buy them and sit on them and just break them for, for time. My question, actually, really, my initial thought was like, man, I hope breakers aren't going to get crushed by this because it was pre-selling for so much. I think that's the first time I've ever thought that in my life, but I did. So like, I guess they won't. It'll be fine. I got a question. Yeah. Ryan, you have a shop in Ohio. Mm-hmm. No way. Um, do people still come in asking about Joe Burrow cards? Oh yeah, Joe Burrow is a humongous seller, huge seller, huge seller. So, is that because so, I have a question: Is that because it's hometown, or it's because it's the number one pick, or both? I'm guessing both. It's definitely the hometown vibe for sure. Yeah, the so home- that's a little more immune to the thing, right? But Joe Burrow stuff. Like, look at there's a discrepancy between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow for sure. Like Herbert sells significantly higher than deservedly I mean, so yeah, 30 to 40 percent higher right question but, if herbert had the season that he had and burrow continued down the path that he had do you think the discrepancy would be as big no no shot they'd be a burrow would be higher even though herbert like arguably had one of the greatest rookie campaigns of all time Burrow played. I would want to check this. I believe Burrow was playing earlier. I would have. Again, I'm just trying to bring up some conduct because I deeply believe actually that doesn't change much at all. I don't think many people have people watched Lamelo Ball play basketball. People are into prospecting. Look at the way Jordan sells. Yeah. We're, I think we sit here today and say Jordan Love is likely not a starting game the next two years. Are we gonna agree with that? Yes. Robot Ryan checked yeah, in for I'm a second. Trying, I'm trying to agree with your internet right now, but <laughs> oh, Robot Ryan checked in for a second. But yes, <laughs> I agree. Jordan Love is probably not going to play for the next few years and his stuff's still selling super well. Hundreds of dollars, right? I sold a contender's auto from draft two of two for like 250, 300 bucks or something. Like that's a lot for a guy that's not going to see the field anytime soon. That's People are still willing to pay a good amount of money for a guy that is coming off an injury and isn't going to play for a while. So, Ryan, can I ask you a question? Wait, yes. real quick. I don't know if you want to answer this question or not. Three hundred dollars for a Jordan Love Contenders auto—that seems like a lot. It was two a two. It was draft auto. It was BGS nine. It was a dual. No, it was a BGS draft. 
like it was a draft picks contenders right in the first products of the year got it. college uniform on or uh rookie auto numbered two out of two bgs nine it's about oh. it's, it's okay point. that's fine i thought it was like a ba- i thought it was like the one that just came out like the base contenders auto i, I would I'll, I'll look i would imagine a base ticket auto sells for more than 300 i don't think it impacts it much at all and i actually think it puts Lamelo in a weirder spot because of how good he was playing I mean, he was definitely playing better than Burrow was playing for his team, in my opinion, one. Two, I've been thinking this for quite some time now. I actually think modern basketball, I think the Lucas, different players, Trey, for that matter, I think that they're buys right now. In general, as a sports fan, even though sometimes in the comments people say that we don't know anything about sports, as a general sports fan, that really hurt Ty. Oh, yeah, it definitely the, hurt. That's definitely the second hurt. time he brought up the jump shot. <laughs> uh, it definitely hurt. I, I was perturbed. I actually think the NBA is soft. Like, I think, like, I agree. Attention around the, the NBA is low right now. It's been on for a year in a row, it feels like. Literally. They had the bubble and they came back like 25 minutes later too much basketball it's just been non-stop so i think people are kind of forgetting about it um and the lowest all-star game i believe like no one tuned into that joint um the players are like kind of checked out but what i do think and we even you know we, again we don't know anything about sports we didn't know that the nba this year has the play-in tourney for the playoffs mm-hmm I think once that starts to heat up a little bit, once you get into that little play in tourney, stuff's going to get bonkers. I mean, Trey well, Young and the Hawks have Madness won eight vibes. straight. They're going for March Madness vibes, and they're going to get it. And I think they're going to get it in a big way. Yeah. And so when I speak, you know, a bit about, well, is that tied to Jordan coming down? I'm not sure. But in general, I think the NBA is in its least cared about phase in, in the last several years, in, in a long time. I agree completely. Just wanted to get Couldn't that. I think that has anything to do with the NFL and MLB and NHL being so much less price wise on superstars compared to the NBA because the NBA stuff seems to sell much. And when we started this, NBA stuff was certainly like it runs the market. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. right? Like people want the the superstars for NBA. Like a Luca Prism Ten is thirteen fifty. A Kyler Prism Ten is five fifty. Five fifty. Yeah, no, I think I think it's I think it's what Tyler just said. It's exhaustion. It's too much basketball. Yeah, yeah I just if think you're, if you're, you're watching, it bit. feels like basketball has gone every single day since like June. That's what it feels like. Agreed, and so, and I just think that that is, you know, like Trey should be selling for the most he's ever sold for at this moment, in my opinion, based on performance and where he's at. And his market is anything but hot. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? And to go back to let's wrap this up a little bit. To go back to the Lamelo thing, him not playing helps his narrative, and I narrative is, narrative does way more for cards than performance ever will. So what could same thing with same thing with Burrow? What could have been this year? Blah 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 blah. It's the narrative. Just wait until the national when we're a month away from football starting, and everyone's like, it, it happened last year. Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Kyler, Daniel Jones, and Gardner Minshew all sold well. Right, like this is their year. This is their year, and then the season happens, and you're like, okay, well, 
who's about to start again. And then it switches to the next thing. It's like almost when the season's here, like some of the stuff just doesn't move as much as it does in the off season as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. If you're paying attention, Ryan just dropped this sneaky little bomb for anyone who might be trying to attend the national. That's not the first time we've dropped that bomb though. Interesting. I, I agree, but interesting little place to consider as you're heading into it. You're planning a summer trip. You got your vaccine. You're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, just saying. And if you're watching this show for sports knowledge, you're watching the wrong show. Let's move on. Correct. But I did want to throw out that if you're watching this show for finding out how many followers these people have on Instagram, it is good to note that LaMelo Ball has 2.9 million more followers on Instagram than last year's Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Billy46. Talking about jump shots. LaMelo Ball has 6.6 million followers on Instagram compared to John Morant's 3.7, 3.7, which is a fairly healthy amount for job. And all those kids have the cool Instagram names too. They all have like mellow and all yep. that shit. Mm-hmm. I think we should drop a nugget in here before we transition. If you have not booked your hotel for the national and you're planning to go to the national, this is your reminder. I will be that Book reminder person. Um, as someone that's been to the Chicago national four times now, the Nash, the way the Rosemont Convention is set up, the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center has four hotels connected to it. Four hotels. If you are interested in daily trade nights, buying, selling, trading in hotel lobbies, things like that, I promise you it pays to be at one of those convenience matters in this instance for sure. So if you're interested in that, you should have booked your hotel already. And don't so, make the mistake of saying in downtown Chicago and have to drive 45 minutes like a certain group of people did might have might have done for 2018 national. And <laughs> and <laughs> talk about a play of the week. Book your damn hotel room. Yeah. So that is our that is our side note. But again, we're gonna get into play of the week, like Tyler just hinted at. Again, play of the week is brought to you by eBay, your number one spot for cards and collectibles. Like we always say, if you're new here, this is where Jason, one of our producers, will show us plays of the week submitted by you, the listeners, to our Instagram page. It's Card Talk Pod on IG. Lou, Tyler, and I have not seen these, but we'll we'll talk about them each individually, and then we'll pick a winner for play of the week. So, Jay, what do we uh? What do we got this week? Big moment here for Jay. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, the police. Interesting. The police. All right, so Ethan Young.19 said, I got two Barry Sanders 1989 Lions police rookie card. Their PSA 9, $270 total. In my opinion, this is a better looking rookie card for Barry Sanders and is a much, much lower pop than his 1989 score. This is a pop 438 and he's the best running back of all time. Love the pod. Been here from the start. First and foremost, Ethan Young.19. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support. 19 is a great number. My father wore that in college lacrosse. My good friend wore it as well. I respect 19. Second, there's something about these cards that are super fresh. Thoughts? I'm a big fan in the same way that when I first looked at this, I thought about like the press conference photos. I love a good press conference photo. Luis Robert's Bowman Chrome is a is a uh, like a press conference introduction photo. Big mm-hmm. Doesn't do much for me. Don't prefer the press conference photo. I'd prefer some sort of. I know the Barry Sanders score isn't the in-game photo, so I'm not. I'm not arguing that. But um, again, I'm going to lean in the. Hey, if I wanted to spend two hundred seventy dollars, I'd buy a Barry Sanders certified Immortals game used patch auto at a twenty five for a similar price rather than this. Again, to each his own. Cool play. Also, the one thing I think to point out on this that it might be missed is this looks like an oversized card. 
harder to store, harder to display, a little bit more of a pain in the the rear end than your uh, your typical sports card. So doesn't doesn't quite do it for me. One thing I'm just checking out real quick, and that I actually really respect the play because it's something I've been spending a lot of time on and I've been chatting about is I do respect the PSA nine play a hundred percent. I do respect the PSA nine play in a world where when I first was coming into things, it was like you go, you get tens and like nines were kind of like not as good as grading is a tougher scene as prices have gone to places that they weren't at two, three years ago, I've started to start to say, Hey, you, every time you look at something, you know, if they just come in and say, okay, PSA 10, and then everything else is an afterthought. I really respect the dialing in as a PSA nine because 20% profit on this is 26 plus the eBay fees. One thirty is like, is, you know, a sale of this for 175 or 180 does not seem crazy for me and is a decent margin. Um, and so just, you know, in terms of inventory and, and bankroll and all that, Barry Sanders legend, love me a good Oscar Meyer logo, love me a good NFL logo, top right. Not sure what, is that the, probably the Dallas police or Lions police top left? I'm a fan of the card aesthetically as a collector. If you're a Lions fan, I think this is something you got to have. It's a good start in the make a play. Jay, I see what you're doing here through a little different vibes. You want to look like a just classic curveball. Mm-hmm. Let's give some love to Ethan Young, 19 on IG, please. And he's got 18 followers. I think a couple more people on Card Talk follow. Go shout out my man. Give him some love. Next. All right. So this is a 1997 England David Beckham rookie card sealed pack. It says, My submission for this is from Swook. Is that how it's pronounced? Swook. S-W-O-O-K underscore. It looks like Andrew said, my submission for play of the week is a 1997 Upper Deck David Beckham. Three sealed packs for 520 total, 173 each. He said, PSA 9 copies have touched nearly 2K. Beckham's first England jersey card. Sealed pack with a guaranteed Beckham in each gives the best chance at a higher grade. And at 173 per pack, even an 8 would be profitable. I'm interested in this. Go ahead, Ray. My first thought on this, all every time we have someone that says they're going to grade something is... A nine or a ten sells for, in this case, sells for that much money for a reason. Is it that unobtainable to get a nine? Like, is this card that's like notorious for chipping? Like, do these cards stick in the pack? Because you can see yep. them from a cellophane pack. Because if they stick and you got to pull it off, you're going to get a PSA five on the surface, and then you're not getting a five. Then you're losing money, and you don't have an unopened pack. So that's what that's what I don't know is how easy is it to actually get an eight or a nine? Yeah, I agree. I feel like to me, if you have this card, you are a person who either if you just had it in your closet and like this is a situation where I'm looking at the the seller and I want to know what their eBay score is. Like, are they a person who buys and sells soccer cards? Because then they would have an idea of what this card would grade at. And if they're keeping it in there, I'm less inclined. Like you're saying, there must be something wrong. I'm missing something, something like that. But if it's a random person, it's interesting. I would love to see what it grades out at. I would normally agree with that. I think that's actually a fair point, especially in like raw cards. But the one thing to say is prices have gone up for grading recently. Maybe with someone's just like, hey, I'll just take my money rather than spend a hundred dollars and wait four months to get the card back. Like, I don't think, I think you're with the price, the increase in grading prices. It's not unrealistic to say that we're going to see better raw cards on eBay here or available for sale unless people are likely to be grading them. 
That's fair. But like we always say, it's a math. It's just a math equation. And if the card, the person who has the card, only costs them 200, 300 bucks to grade it at an express level, money's still there. But yeah. Ty? Overall, I like it. To your point, we don't know in the cellophane pack. What I was trying to break down is maybe is it safer to just buy a raw? I'm not sure what else comes in that sealed pack as well as are we sure? Can you do anything else with the other cards? Yeah, can you do anything else with the other cards, or is it safer to maybe just make the raw play versus getting it in the pack with the other cards? I think the play on the raw pack here, or the pack here, is no no human hands, right? Like less contact, less likely to be smoked. And then it, the other thing I was going to say is, like, I have a box of those right here with twenty four packs with a sneaky play that I made. Um, so I like the play. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the play. All right, so I think this one, the the England packs, would probably rank higher for me so far than the Barry Sanders. I I agree. I'm aligned. I agree. Okay. Also, because Beckham is a legend in his own right. Like right Barry Jay. Sanders is a, a legend, but like to prove how much we know sports, Beckham is a legend too. All right, so play of the week 321. This is from the Cardboard Collaborative. It says, purchased a Justin Herbert base mosaic off eBay for $45 all in. Sent it to a private signing in Texas to have it autographed and authenticated for another $165, including shipping. Sold it at a show over the weekend for $600. Longer play, but almost three times the return. Photo below. I saw someone do this the other day, and I must say, super jealous I didn't get involved in it. Such a smart idea. I did this once with a Mike Trout signing. Did really, really well on it. I think it's such a an intriguing play where, I mean, look at the blue pen. Looks amazing. If you're not watching on video, it's a mosaic base rookie with a like a neon blue autograph. It looks incredible. To me, absolutely love the play. I think this is as mosaic is mosaic is mosaic's a sticker auto, right? And I think Prism's a sticker auto. So this might be kind of a play. If you I mean if you get it, you know, authenticated, I, I like the play. So, Rye, on that, because um, my boy just made a Bradley Beald uh, on-card auto pickup, I, I feel like one of the outside of the, hey, just pull this out of my attic, what's it worth question, I feel like the next kind of most question I get from people that are like, oh, I got some things that might be expensive, or I got this opportunity, my friend's got a guy that's connected to this guy, like, should I get him to autograph this thing? And generally, the answer is like, no, sounds like you have a little bit of a different energy here. What's your thoughts on grading that card? I think the thought is, is like, like I see people get them and everybody's different, right? So this is just all personal preference, right? To each his own. But I've seen like people get like a Brady 101 patch card autographed. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't do anything for me, you know, because like a Brady 101 patch card might be worth 2K. I'd rather just keep the card in an original form and buy a Brady autograph jer- jersey or helmet and spend my 2K there and have both or have that instead. This is just an, a, an instance where it's a cheaper card and it's just like a base rookie. Like I have a 58 tops signed Jim Brown. I like the idea of having a rookie card signed, like a key rookie card, especially like Mosaic, Prism, um, Optic, something like that. Like this signed. And held long term. It's also a lot cheaper. That's a big thing. Like you get this card, have it PSA slabbed, authentic, like a rookie auto. Like I've got the 58 Jim Brown. I think it's a cool thing on certain occasions or certain instances, but not on every single card. Like I'm not just getting any Justin Herbert card signed. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great choice. 
Got it. Makes sense to me. I've always been of like, no, don't get it signed, but it feels like that's just some different energy. And I think to your point, just like creates different pieces and a base mosaic. So you're not like damaging something of already high value kind of creates a, some uniqueness around this. And I like this one again, you know, he, he put 45 in 165 autographs. So you're what, 210. That's, that's not a ton of risk on this. You, 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 you feel pretty good that, you know, you could probably have gotten, I would have, without even looking, you could, you're like, Hey, I could have at least break even on this at least make a couple bucks ended up getting 600 for it. I would never have guessed $600. I would have guessed a, a, a lot less, but definitely felt like a safe play, but I, I, I love this play for sure. This is my winner. This is my leader so far. This is your leader in the clubhouse. I'm still in uh, in Beckham land, personally. Blue, you prefer this one or Beckham? I will say I, I like this one better because I was taken aback by how much he sold it for. I agree. I like this one. All right, Jay, next one. So this is from Lazy Dragon underscore cards. It says, for make a play, I picked up a LeBron James upper deck 32 card rookie box set for $86. Can sell the complete set for $280 or PSA value submit the cards. Each card of PSA 9 goes for $100 plus. Awesome set since this is LeBron rookie year and has some great action shots as well as iconic as the iconic shot with the USA flag in the back. Like the play of getting it cheap, piecing it out. I like that play. I, I don't love the idea of counting a grade before it happens. I just that is naive to think. Again, I'm not calling out lazy. Especially Dragon those. Card. There's so many of these. Yeah, this is a super common set, but I, I just think it's naive to say, yeah, these are, you know, these are 150 bucks as PSA nines. I'm going to guess you send in the whole set half or less. Get that Again, math still works out in your favor. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that. I, I feel like these cards sell for a, a lot because they're, they're harder to get good grades on. And he also mentions value submit the cards. Value submit turnaround times what? Nine months? 12 months? Like, what's the market look like on these a year from now? What if you get all sixes and sevens a year from now? So I, I think there's a lot that goes into it. But he did mention, you know, give him some credit. He said he got it for eighty six bucks and could sell the set for two eighty. That's a win in itself. I would take my two eighty and or my two hundred and and run. I would piece out the lot. Would you? You can get and fifteen. You can get fifteen dollars a card on every one of those cards. Every single one of those cards will sell on eBay for fourteen dollars ninety nine cents. Right? Yeah, I'll take your word for it. If you can, then yeah. I put this a bit similar in the Beckham play, and something that I've been thinking about with LeBron. I hold one LeBron card, and it's the Topps Chrome. But I do believe that that card has some vulnerability to it because of the sheer, the plethora of what could be considered LeBron's rookie card comparatively to other cats. Ryan, you're giving me a little furrowed brow. Are you saying you don't like this card because there's a lot of them? No, I'm saying I like this because I think over time, I'm not sure how it plays out of what is the LeBron piece and what is meaningless. If it's got a 03 on it and it's got a brand like Upper Deck, I think it's got a shot to matter over the next whatever, 15 years of his career. Because when I think about narratives and storytelling, Andy Kay was picking up, he was picking up some like tops pristine LeBrons. Just even over the last 18 months, I feel like there's been an emergence. You got the bazooka, you got the, you know, holding the jersey. There's just all these different LeBrons. And when I think about the equation of LeBron supply and demand, I just think people are more in the business of trying to make plays now and then narrate why their play matters. And I could see this having a healthy rise over the next 24 months based on 
new entrants coming into the hobby, maybe deciding they like certain things more than the other. And there's a little bit more room to argue against what is LeBron's rookie in a world where there's a ton of 03 LeBron comparatively. What are we looking at here? This picture the other day. Explain it's, a little bit for the listeners. It's this same set I was going through some stuff to price it. And I pulled all of these out because I thought the same exact thing. These are 12. I mean, depending on what, which ones, 10 to $20 a piece on most. That seems cheap for a guy that five, 10 years from now won't have any cards produced when he retires and he's not a part of the NBA Players Association anymore. LeBron autos are the single greatest thing you can buy, in my opinion. I just, I still hold that opinion. LeBron is going to remain relevant long after basketball and his stuff will be desired as this card market explodes, right? You're, you're still going to just basketball is going to continue to rise. I just have a hard time believing LeBron stuff long term. Just it isn't a safe play and 10 to $20 on a LeBron rookie card. That seems relatively cheap when that's the price of a lot of Luca rookie cards. I understand it's not Topps Chrome. I understand it's not Prism, but Luca Chronicles rookie card sell for twenty dollars. I'm buying a LeBron, even if it's a set card, before I'm buying that card. Agreed. Which is, I would actually, I think, because of it being LeBron, because of the prices on this, this personally would be my play of the week. Something that hit me the other day is, I think it was the Durant white paper came in like a hanger pack that was like Topps rookie set. And it was just like a sealed pack with like all the rookies. And I think you lose touch over time of like, why, what was the narrative that kind of set the market as to these things? One of the reasons the 86 Fleer is so iconic is that there was no basketball cards produced for a bit of time. And then that was the set that kind of brought them back to my understanding. So there was this massive amount of kind of rookies or second year, but really a rookie in there. And that was the only thing. And so though that is the card. There is no, unless you want to talk about the 85 Interlake, I can have that conversation. But so I actually, I like this play a lot because I think LeBron is LeBron. And something else that's in my mind, LeBron is very smart. Maverick, they are very smart. You can't convince me that he doesn't know what's going on with this market, cards and his specifically. And I think at some point he comes out and kind of says what his rookie card is, and it could change everything. And please know, I don't think we're saying these are $1,000 cards, but $20 to $40 in a year's is a pretty good return. Agreed. And I just don't think it's unrealistic that these have potential to rise even a little bit in time as, you know, not everybody can afford a thousands of dollars top Chrome rookie it's a lot more obtainable to get a 15 to $25 one. And like you said, the, he said the iconic one with the flag in the back. I mean, if you look at this picture, right? Like some of these photos are actually pretty cool, right? Like not the coolest thing in the world, but you know, that, how is this much different than the tops rookie card? Same I mean, photo. I, I think the Oh three number six, it's on the screen here of him in the Irish jersey, the, the, his high school. I was just going to, when I was a kid, was the like, Irish jersey I was, was the it, thing. bro. With the, for some reason he had like the grip tape on his like, Right here, like the high school guy. jersey, St. Vincent St. Mary was the thing when he was in high school. This is our winner so far. Jay, what's the next one? Luca, this is from Holiday Cards. It says Luca's rookie sticker from Italy bought two raw at 45 50 per very low pop card. And with Euro market coming into the industry and Luca's Euro pull, this is my play of the week. So, one thing I will say is we've just graded a bunch of these recently. This is a very hard card to grade, very, 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 very hard card. Not is there a reason? Is just the materials bad? 
it's super, super, so I mean, it's a sticker, right? Super, super flimsy. Don't know specifically what they don't like about it, but I just know this, this has been very challenging to grade for us. Makes sense. I think the centering on these things can be incredibly brutal at times. I think you can get super like what looks like clean corners, but kind of dinged up. I think surface, both front and back matters. And on the stickers, the backs definitely can be like not thought about. I think the thought is there, right? Like logically, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that Luca being from Europe where stickers are popular this has potential. The one thing I uh, I will say is this doesn't always translate across markets, right? Like that stickers go into other sports because they're popular in soccer, that they magically become popular in basketball. Not saying that's what he's implying here, but that that trend always, that doesn't always work with Luca having a surplus of rookie cards. This is a unique play, possibly long-term like Tyler always looks for those, you know, I know Gary talks about like the icy cars or, you know, Tyler talked about the inner lake or something like that. Possibly it's not my favorite play in the world. I'm aligned with you for all the same reasons. This is like the Euro sticker thing feels like a little bit of a stretch for the purposes of making a stretch. So for me, it's a pass. Agreed. What just popped into my mind and I think about in the same way, we kind of went on this little like rant of know your thesis and all that. I believe that there are people out there that are solely doing like NBA Euro sticker game and can be that individual. I just worry about going like complete side because you see someone made a Luca Euro sticker play and like then going hard on it and just acting like because you're in, you've seen one person make that play all of a sudden, like you're going to be rich and you order a ton of them and then you don't realize the work that goes into like, they don't all grade. So now you got to buy a bunch of them and like watch your margin. And like, I believe someone is dominating the Panini 2018 basketball Panini sticker game. I think that to just as a basketball card person to all of a sudden think you're going to be buying these raw and understand it and not realize that there's probably an immense bit more amount of work that needs to go into it even down to understanding pockets of demand and how you can find them, you got to be thoughtful about it. And those so don't that, look great in, in uh, slabs either. Yeah, they're smaller, so, right? They're smaller, but they don't make the smaller slabs. Play of the week? LeBron. I'm going LeBron as well. Going LeBron. LeBron is the player of the week, Lazy Dragon. That is Lazy Dragon underscore cards. Lazy Dragon underscore cards. One word. Go work. reach out with some, some, uh, some prize for this week's contest. You're going to get to make a play, T. All right, again, Play of the Week is brought to you by eBay, your number one spot for cards and collectibles. All right, last thing, this week's releases. It is a relatively big release week, not in terms of Prism or Select, but we've got, I'm going to flip through these very quickly and then I'm going to tell you guys something because I think you guys will want to hear about this. Oh, I definitely want to hear about it. We've got Upper Deck Series 2 Hockey, which will be big. That's a staple product for hockey. you got Opening Day Baseball. You have Panini Absolute Memorabilia Basketball, always a fun set. Heritage Baseball, Leaf Lumber Baseball, and Encased Football. A lot of good stuff. Nothing the best of all time. I believe Absolute Basketball might make an appearance on Card Talk, but keep going. Looking forward to that. But we talked earlier about, you know, is Prism going to dip under 2K? What's the market going to be like post-Lamello? Prism, first off-the-line basketball, drops tomorrow morning at Dutch Auction. So it will have completed auction before this episode airs. $4,500 a box start. It comes with a, look for two exclusive shimmers, number to 35 or less in every first off the line box. You're chasing gold shimmer prisms out of 10 and black shimmers one of, numbered one of ones 
that's what you're that's what you're looking for. So this will be our real test for how well is Prism going to do when these boxes sell. Can you give a quick explainer on what a Dutch auction is? Yeah. So essentially, they started out at you know X price. This case, forty five hundred. The price drops every five minutes until it sells out. But at whatever point you decide to get in on the action on is what you pay per box. So if you're like, this is going to be the hottest product ever. I believe in LaMelo Ball. He's the best thing since sliced bread. I'm going to buy a box and save it for 10 years. And you just rush in there and buy one at 4500 The price might drop three or four more times and go to, let's say, 3800 And you paid 4500 and somebody else paid 3800 So you get it at whatever you pay for it at that time before it sells out. So some people, what happens is you're like, you know what? This product's going to fall. It's only going to do 2K a box. You wait, and then it sells out at 3K a box and you miss. So it's kind of trying to get an idea of where you think it's going to sell out and where you're comfortable paying. Find something reasonable in there and then buying a box at that point. So And like as the consumer, you're not made aware of how many they have, correct? I would assume if they told you all of the shimmers, it would basically just become a math a math problem. If there's a checklist out, it's number of cards in the checklist times, and then you do the math problem for, you know, there's 10 gold shimmers of each player, there's a black shimmer of each player, and then if they're, you know, in the peers past, there's been a light blue, a dark blue, and like a red, right? Like, let's say they're all numbered to like 35, and then you just do the math on how many there are, and it would tell you box numbers. I don't assume the checklist, one, the checklist will be out, or two, they're going to tell you all the colors of shimmers. So it would make it harder to tell. But outside of that, no, they do not explicitly state there are X number of boxes. So that's kind of, you know, as the consumer, you're playing a game of what is the demand? Yes. What what does the market want in this product? Are the, is the market like, hey, we don't want it. Lamella Ball's hurt. Or is the market like, hey, I can break this. Everybody will want it. I'm going to go buy it. And in your experience going into something like a Dutch auction, Okay, do you get greedy and try to catch it on the super low, but you might miss it? Prison football. You did that with prison football? Yeah, and I tried then, to get and then Did you buy it on the secondary market? No, I lost. I bought a case of prison football. I got close to where I thought it was going to be, bought a case, and it sold out at the next level. But then there's times like limited football. I'm like, there's no way in hell this is going to ever get anywhere. This is going to drop way, way, way down. I'm going to wait. It didn't. And, you know, and you missed. I, I, I missed. Right. So prison football did well on, right. I got a case at, at a great price. Still have it done very well on it. You, you miss and you just, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. So it'll, this will be interesting to say, cause we talked about this earlier, what the market's going to look like. So we can hit on that next week on our next episode. But in the meantime, car talk live will be out. before yeah. then. And if you listen to this after that, you'll be able to watch the run back of car talk live on one thirty seven PM YouTube. So I got for this week, guys. Peace. Peace. That's a wrap on card talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.